You are now tuned in to the Wrestling Purists. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Retro Review, courtesy of your neighborhood semi-friendly wrestling purists. Uh, alongside Jeff, as always, my name is Ryan. Uh, we may have a third man. Um, unlike this show that definitely had a third man, uh, <laughs> we... We may or may not. We're having a little bit of a uh, technical problems with um with our with our with our special guests. So uh you're just gonna have to listen to the rest of this episode to find out if they ever show up. Um but we are talking about Bash at the Beach 1996 today. Uh this is the hostile takeover. This is uh, this was the hottest thing in, in professional wrestling at the time. And I mean, God bless. Look at the, look at the dang poster. Okay. You've got Rick, Rick Flair chopping Randy Savage as a shark watches on. And that's the reflection is just the chop. And I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm sold. Yeah. <sighs> um, also my son loves the shark. He's like, oh, shark, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah, well, you're damn right. You already know what's up. Uh, so, Jeff, 1996, professional wrestling. Um, what is one? What is one feeling that either you get or you remember um, watching wrestling in in the early to mid 90s? Um, again, I talk about this all the time and even someone that's an older, you know, Mark fan than me can tell you, you get this clash and this mixture of young, young talent and old talent. That's not actually old enough to the point where you don't want to see them. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just older, but they can still wrestle and still it can go and all that. So you're getting this mixture of everything. This 90s, between wrestling in the 80s, mid to late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s. I mean, you could say, so let's just say 86 to 96, you know, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and pr- probably a little, a little broader than that. But you, you're getting that and just that realm of that area of wrestlers in that time period is just crazy. It's just crazy. Because you have some guys that are in their – I mean, in 40 and wrestling's not old to me. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so you got some guys that are in their 40s and their 30s. You got some guys that are in their early 20s. Um, Ric Flair and Hogan in here, are, I mean, I guess you can say they're out of their prime necessarily, but they're not. You know, they still can – the characters that they give, you know, the, the people that they are are still good. It's just – it's it's a, a clash of – wrestling legends i remember we did a show i forgot we did wcw show 91 92 and you got you know barry windham and lex luger and you know just a bunch of other guys too younger guys um it's a it's a it's a beautiful time here for wrestling 
And that, that, that's that's everywhere. And not so much mm-hmm. WWF necessarily, but I mean, New Japan or All Japan as well. I mean, everything. Yeah, it's been a minute. We've done Halloween Havoc 92, Battle Bowl 93, uh, Starcade 94. Um, you hit a certain point, and I think they all start to run together a little bit. But yes. I, I totally, I totally under understand that. And if you look at the landscape, the way everything is now, you're essentially looking at the very kind of not yet the the peak of ECW. So they're very much so like a third option at this point, unless you're in the area. I feel like if yeah. you're in the area and you have access to get to those shows, you're going to. Um, but then you look on the surface and you have WCW and WWF. Well, what's going on in WWF in 1996? Um, we're not quite into the Attitude Era yet. We're still transitioning um i think the wwf at this point is still very much so reeling from not just the departure of of these of of these major stars like hogan uh nash hall um all these guys jump jumping ship for a little bit more money um but you've also got to look at you know I know that the steroid trial was very much so in the earlier part of the 90s, but that kind of set this chain reaction to, well, we can't have these types of guys doing this. So then we went into this WWF period where everybody had to have an occupation. You know, you know, every, you, yeah. know you had, you know, you had hockey players, you had magicians, you had clowns, uh, you had, uh, you know, repossession people, you had trash men. Yeah, so we're into that portion in WWF and very little at the top of the card. Uh, I mean, you're still looking at Brett, you're still looking at Sean, um, you're still looking at you're you're still looking at Davy Boy Smith. Um, but outside of that, right now, I mean, there's not a whole lot to get excited about on the other side of the fence. So, and you, this you, is, and, and this time period too, you still kind of have kayfabe left. And you also mm-hmm. still have, uh, I mean, territories, but like other people running shows, like a ninety Smoky Mountain and Cornet stopped in ninety five ish, ninety six ish. But before that, I mean, he was still kind of running Smoky Mountain, so you had those shows. And I mean, you you, you just could get work in other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it wasn't as outlaw indie. You know, once the giant machine, once WWE bought WCW, that was kind of uh the quality of those shows just went went to shit you know um mm-hmm. but before that i mean you still could go to uh an indie promotion or show and see some of these guys you know so yeah yeah so that's what you're reeling off of um so wwf's last pay-per-view that would be about two weeks ago. It was King of the Ring 96. Um, so that's kind of went. So this is the one where you had Stone Cold win the King of the Ring. And so he was just starting his rise. So your WWF champion at the time was still was was still Sean, but in a few months he's gonna drop the belt to Sid. And um, and, 
And one, while we're on that one, he also, he didn't draw. And two, he lost his smile. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here, Shawn Michaels. Sorry. Go ahead, guy. No I, just, all... I, just, I just want the record to be known. Um, <laughs> you know, Bret Hart's a lot of things, but a guy that doesn't draw isn't one of them. Continue. <laughs> um, We've also had the Ultimate Warrior come back to WWF, albeit for not uh, too much longer here. So when when you're looking at WWF and what it is on the surface right now, as opposed to what is currently going on in WCW, there's obviously one place you'd rather watch right now. Um, we have we have the outsiders, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash invading Nitro on a weekly basis. Um, they're costing they're costing people championships. Um, you're forcing WCW to have police around the ring. Um, and you brought they, up earlier, K-Fabe, still alive. K-Fabe, yeah, K-Fabe still is alive. well alive here. It's 96 and you're watching this at home and you're like, is this real? Like, like, are they really like trying to like in, yeah. like in invade? I mean, obviously now as adults, we're like, oh yeah, it's, the, we're definitely getting, getting worked, you know, but we, uh, uh, we were at um, we were at one of the shows that they invaded. Um, we were at the uh, MCI Center for the for the marks that remember that back in the day. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, up in DC, and we were sitting there, and we're pretty close, you know, me, my brother, my mom, and dad. And we're sitting there, and like people start turning around, like looking, and we're like, "What is everybody looking at?" Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I turned to my right, and I was a kid, but. You know, Kevin Nash looked like he was 40 feet tall, you know, just walking through. Yeah. Him and Scott Hall were coming down doing their thing. And my dad's <laughs> marking out. <laughs> like, I mean, I, for lack of a better word, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> fucking grown-ass man like my dad marking out. Who don't take no shit off nobody, but marking out over Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Well, I believe, well I believe that your dad also owns a fucking Chris Keith shirt, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad's a interesting fellow, <laughs> to say the least. That yeah, yeah, to say the least. Uh, so, WWE is getting tired, tired of it. the The gauntlet is laid down for our for our main event. Um. So the yeah. So we have the outsiders and. They're talking about them having a third man. Their third man is going to be there. Uh, but they never reveal to us who it's going to be. So we'll have to find out when the time comes. But listen to this convoluted shit, all right? So you, as you as WWE management, okay, you have these two guys that are essentially running roughshod across your entire company. So how do you pick guys to to combat against that? Based on their win-loss record, no shit, okay? They put six names in a hat. And then they pick three names to create the WCW squad. And this is, quote-unquote, by, by random, okay? And... The only reason I can think that this was done is to um, 
is to give a kayfabe reason as to not pick the actual third man that'll be in the main event. Um, so the three names that were eventually drawn were Sting, Savage, and Luger. <sighs> boy, oh boy. Um, <laughs> picked out of a hat, though. Imagine that. Imagine that in 96. Um, uh, but this is another little, little nugget I found while digging up for this show. Um, every, everybody, well, everybody's favorite Satanist, Kevin Sullivan, um, uh, said that he was the one that pitched the idea to have the show in, in, in Daytona, uh, because of the multiple bars that were in the vicinity of where they were having the show. Um, he said that uh, he wanted the fans liquored up uh, for the end of the event. <laughs> well, if you're doing that, if, if, if that's your thought process, then, oh boy. Um, Either you know something, you know something we don't. Well, Excuse me, or, uh, you know. Watch the women and children. Yeah. yeah. Um. But gosh, what do you say? Let's get rolling on this. Huh? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, you get the hostile take takeover. The video package is great to start this show. Um, hostile takeover is the first thing you see in big bold lettering. Um, the music's a seal ripoff too. Um, I wish I would have known this when I was watching it um, as a kid, but um, it's it's like an instrumental seal song. I think the song is called Crazy. Um, uh, I think you're correct. Yeah. Uh, that's sealed, guys. Okay, this is 96. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. By the time this video package was over, I was ready to go. I was super into this. Let's do this now. Uh, commentary team is good old Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and the American Dream that is, that'd be Dusty Rhodes. Um, and Eric Bischoff, who was normally on commentary, was not there. So you knew that probably something was going on. Uh, I enjoyed It's easy to get on this commentary team. Um, but I, I actually enjoy this commentary team because it's just it's nostalgia. Yes. Maybe well, yeah. it, it, anytime I go to the Bobby the Brain, I'm all about it. Yes. So. Yeah, and it's and it's not and it's not because we're marks, but it's because the dialogue and the back and forth are good. Mm-hmm. Um but let's get started. Match of the night. It is Rey Mysterio Jr. taking on uh, Psychosis. Uh, Jeff, why is this your match of the night? Um, so to go back to what we were talking about last week, um, the, or a week before last, they all run together, the one night stand show. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always loved Psychosis. I'm a mm-hmm. mark for Psychosis. He's my favorite luchador of all time. And this is what I was trying to, to say then. 
that they have so many other good matches besides that one. They had that one off that they had at ECW. Um, and I think this is 96. This is young. This is cruiserweight. Um, people don't remember the way that I'm a wrestling purist now and I get on all the flipping and flopping. People were getting people were saying the same thing about the cruiserweights when they when they were out. Oh, that's not wrestling and they're flopping around and in hindsight they were wrong and hopefully they're they're probably not watching wrestling now or pulling their eyes out like I am. But um, you know, the cruiserweights and the luchadors were deemed as that too to some extent. But th- this is a great match. And I think it's not rocket science to put the high flyer high flyer slash high action slash high everything as a first match on any card to to kind of you know get you going i think as wrestling fans i think we're predisposed to thinking and to feeling this too in the sense of we go to a wrestling show and the first match is a banger in air quotes um Mm -hmm. or a really good match i think we just tend to think like okay well the rest of the card is going to be this way and even if it isn't i still think you know i think you have one just like anything else you have one shot to make an impression i think you have one shot to earn some goodwill with a with an opening match so long-winded answer i apologize but no i good, I, match. good match look look it, it's a lot shorter than what mine was originally going to be um so first of all mike mike Tanay is on the call for this and that was a real treat in wcw because we would get very short um, we we would get very short Mike Mike Tenet commentary time because he would typically only come on for all the cruiserweight matches, but he would eventually, as we got into the two thousands into the TNA years, um, I actually enjoyed him as probably one of the better play play by play guys that we had in in professional wrestling. Um, he is just a really knowledgeable guy, and he sells everything so well and it's not like he doesn't know like a wrist watch from a wrist lock you know like he knows exactly what he's what he's talking about what 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 are your what are your thoughts on Mike on Mike today I want to know that first because um no I, I agree with you 100 percent um I mm-hmm. like the I like the Riff, not riff, but the button heads between him and and Heenan all night long. Oh gosh, <laughs> I yes. think that's great with it without being like too much. And then no one's trying to. They're taking shots at each other, but no one's trying to like super shit on each other or belittle each other. Like you know, like to the point where they can't call matches. But um, yeah, I like Mike today. He's always had that voice and that he just has it. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, he can say something super phony that you never heard before, but you want to believe it because it just sounds believable coming from Mike Tanay. Um, now, going back, listen to him. Now, I just think of TNA, which is weird. Well, I mean, I guess it's not weird, but, you know, I never I thought mean, I'd live on this earth long enough for him to be known for TNA, not WCW, but I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I like me a little, a little Iron Mike Tanay. Yeah, and it's 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 definitely weird to like think of him as the voice of TNA, but I don't I don't think you're wrong, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think it's actually oh, yeah. um, something that kind of 
you know, solidified him as one of the great play play by play guys that we've had. Um, but to uh, counter that, and this popped me and I totally forgot about it until now. Um, Bob, Bobby Heenan, when psychosis is coming out, um, he, he's, 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 he's all about psychosis hair and compares him to Peg Bundy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, sign, sign of the time. There's a, I mean, he has a bunch of one-liners. Um, so I need to start. I, I, I'm doing the show a disservice. I need to start writing them down. I, anytime Bobby's on the call, I, I need mm-hmm. to whip out a notepad because he is. <laughs> he's he's gonna give you gems. That's for sure. Yeah, um, but I would do a disservice to this match if I would even begin to go spot for spot um this is it's a it's a well-paced match um a lot of clean spots it's not so fast where we're botching every other or you know every two to three moves it's clean it's safe um it gives you that level of anxiety every time somebody Somebody goes for a high flying move or a top rope acrobatic. Um, there's 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 one spot to the outside. I cringed a little bit. Um, the leg. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um. The uh, the finish is really fucking good though. It's. Um, psychosis is going for like um, a razor's edge of sorts, but from the top rope. So avalanche raise razor's edge. Um, but he starts, but he starts hitting it and just, and just Ray reverses with just a big old hurricane Rana and wins. And it was so beautiful to just watch that happen because it, it was just so clean. And it's like, well, we we can do this now, okay? But I, I I don't know. I feel like there's always just miscommunication when we see anything top rope related with two with two people now. I think I think more more times than none, something happens. Yeah, because I mean, they know what's going on before. Again, they're just spots, and spots have always been spots, actually. But mm-hmm. this is the cop. The cooperation is just—it's uh, awful. It's absolutely awful. <laughs> um, I think I, I think I know the other one that you were talking about for for like Heenan. He goes. Uh, he asked. He asked Mike Tanay where he gets the names for all these moves. Shivani's like, if you don't know, you just make them up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Then he says something. I forgot. He goes, "Oh, it's a something, some you know." Like I forgot. It's like, you know, it's like, like Tanae will tell me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just really great commentary. Really great over the top match. Um, spoiler alert: nothing on this card comes close to this. Um, just just the chemistry between these two really just puts it over the top, and it shows. Um, I don't think it's how frequently they worked, um, but I think 
I really do think it's just they just have great chemistry when they get into the ring and yeah they they just both want to put on a show like that's literally it and it's maybe one of the best Rey Mysterio Madden matches we've covered it's a good one I'm telling you it's psychosis my yeah. guy look and this is the one match on this show other than the main event that you need to watch and obviously that is for reasons we'll get to toward towards the end of this but um you don't have to try and fast forward through this entire thing to try and find this match. It's the opener. Jump on it. It's really good. And one thing I'll mention before we go on is that, and this is something I've gone back and forth with it within arguments within my own mind is you have, is you have, is you have Bobby the brain Heenan and he's kind of playing conspiracy theater on this one. So he so before Tanae come comes out, he's questioning like who the third man is. And then the first thing that he asked Tanae when he come comes out is who he thinks the third who he thinks the third man is, or if he knows. Um I think that's really crucial to listen to and remember because when we get to the main event and it's kind of revealed kind of not um when i first watched it through i'm like well you just gave it away but then going back and watching this show again i'm like i'm like oh he really didn't he just he was just a he was just a conspirator the entire night yeah and he was putting it out there um which I, the more and more I think about it, I'm like, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? And I, I don't know, actually. I haven't come to mm-hmm. – uh, I, I haven't – I guess it's not a bad thing because I don't really feel no type of way about it, I guess, necessarily. But yeah. I don't know. It's just food for thought, you know. Um. So we get to one of the – one of the one of the great interviews in WCW history. Um, we cut to Mean Gene, and he's with uh, the United States champion Conan. Okay, uh, he says, he says, explain what just happened out there. <laughs> like, why would you ask Conan? Why wouldn't you try to do it? Like. <laughs> Yeah, I just I, so, I had to pause it because that popped me really hard. I'm like, why would you ask Conan? I thought I thought it was so hard. Yeah, I mean, not so hard. I mean, I thought it was so odd and you know weird. And then, well, what was even odder is like Conan just said what happened, and like you yeah. know, like because I, I I thought like which he's not wrong for, but I thought like he was gonna, uh, I don't know, like I don't know what I thought, but I think he was just gonna do like do exactly that and like not say like just so calm and collected. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, well, all right. It's 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 so funny though to me that we just and look the funny thing for me though is they just did like a video replay. They did the end of the match. They did the video replay, and then they cut right to Mean Gene and Conan, and they're like, "Hey, what? Can you explain what just happened out there?" and it's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, but but you but, just but, like, saw it twice. 
but that's what I'm talking about back in the day when the cruiserweights and stuff and luchadors were coming. And, you know, some of these guys didn't know the lingo and what they were doing. So, yeah, yeah. it was new and fresh. Yeah. Thank God we didn't have a, a mixed caliber because he'd have told you exactly what was going on and last time he called it and how in he is with the guys and everything else to go with it. Well, not the best Conan promo because he's not a big promo guy. Um, what I took he away like from a million dollars here, though. Yeah, except he's a million dollar scumbag. Um, he, the one line I took away from this is that um, he says he'll clothesline one of the women if he needs to, and I'm yes. like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I'll, I will watch that for you to clothesline a woman. Yes, but sure. but he didn't though. He had a chance and he didn't. In the match, he had a chance. He could have closed line Miss Elizabeth, and he and he thought about it, like he kind of jumped off and was like, "Ah, oh, you're not um, as tough as you said you were." That's what we would call a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but we move on to our next match. It is the Carson City Silver Dollar match. Um, there's so much to unravel. Um, it's John Tenta with I swear to God the strangest hair choice I've ever seen in professional wrestling taking on Big Bubba with everybody's favorite basketball player, Jimmy Hart. Uh, I just don't understand why this match is on this card. So, um, okay. So I, got, I need someone to explain to me, you know, I guess these guys need to get a paycheck. You know, it's 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 everything. It's it's these guys. It's the card. It's the haircut. Well, it's not the card. It's the haircut. It's it's Barbara Rogers cowboy boots. Like he's actually in real cowboy boots. Um, it's John Tenta. It's the pole that's. I'm not exaggerating. Probably 25, 30 feet in the air that neither one of these guys are going to get on. It's the pole that's also ratchet strapped, just ratchet strapped to the, <laughs> to the, to the back of the ring post. Like it's Jimmy Hart climbing up there to get it and not coming. Well, when he came down, uh, uh, when he was, when he climbed up the pole kind and he came down and he got like halfway of the thing, he was like, Oh yeah, baby! Like you know, like it it popped me so bad. <laughs> I popped so hard. Like it's his voice, and it's just he's great, you know, face or heel. But it popped me so hard. So I I have forgot how tall I, I forgot how big this pole was because when they first came out, I was like, Jesus, this thing is massive. <laughs> like it's just huge. I was like, so I, I like once I saw it, I was like, okay, obviously there's some type of gimmick, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. Uh, then, then, like you said, then I'm watching John Tenta work, and I'm like ten minutes in, and I'm like, "What's going on with his hair?" Like I thought it looked like I thought maybe my my eyes were playing tricks on me. Like, no, just half of his hair. So we actually have a reason for this. Okay, so these two had a match. These these two had a match a couple weeks back. Um, but so we got John Tenta going over there. So you had so you because 
he lost um big big bubba uh i feel like such such a schmuck calling him that um he hits tenta with a sock full of silver dollars why couldn't tell you so he shaves half half of tenta's beard and hair okay so they signed this match as a result of that um so i don't there's no answer for why tenta didn't cut the rest of his hair but his beard's fine now um and why that pole looks like it's 20 feet high is beyond me oh no the hell of 20 feet it's taller than that that's because it is and then you have belts then you have athletic tape. I mean, this is just a this is just a clown show of this is WCW. This, this is actually AEW. This is this is a gimmick match. Hey guys, when you guys get out there, you can get whatever you want. Okay, cool. Belts and tape and thirty foot poles and tacks mm-hmm. and a sock full of silver dollars. Which I'm surprised uh, if kids nowadays even know what a damn silver dollar is. But yeah. It's it's a lot. This matches a lot. Yeah. So I will I will say this should have been first of all not on the card. Um before this show they actually um taped stuff for main event. Um let let me let me see if you would replace any of these matches with that match. And the and the answer is yes. Um the Steiner brothers defeating Harlem Heat by disqualification to retain their tag titles. Bobby Walker, what the fuck is that? Uh, going over Billy Kidman. Um, looks like this uh, Bobby Walker guy was just a jobber. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, scissors in this match to cut tape and cut ratchet straps. Um. The Rock and Roll Express going over Fire and Ice. Um, fire and Ice. Boy, yeah. that's a tag team I forgot about. Mm-hmm. That's a lot yeah. of beef. Scott Norton and Ice Train, baby. Yeah. God yeah. bless. I'm good. I'd have seen them on the card and be like, you know what? I'm not feeling well. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling. I have a feeling. That's a. <laughs> uh, I never need to see Scott Norton in the ring. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah. Um they and wear then, mouthpiece. And then <laughs> Eddie Guerrero uh over Lord Stephen Regal. Lord Stephen Regal. And look, I don't know who this Bobby Walker guy is, so that match can stay on the main the main event tape tapings, but I would take any of the other three matches over this because I did not care about this match. Um I really didn't care about it until about halfway through and I was still wondering where the heck the rest of John Tenta's hair was. <laughs> it's just swinging back there and I'm like, what the fuck are we it doing? It is. It's 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 when Jimmy Hart takes off the jacket, you know what I'm saying? Takes off the jacket and gets ready to climb up the pole. Oh, it's just it's a million dollars. It's a million dollars. Oh Jimmy. Oh man. Um I 
And then the more I think about it, and the more I want to talk about this match, it's just it's just befuddling that this pole is fucking forty feet high. Like it, it, it's yeah. look, that sounds like an over exaggeration. It's probably not. Like uh, unless your name is the giant, or unless your name is the Yeti, uh, you have no chance of climbing this pole to get the this sock. Okay, the, let's not forget that this is a sock full of coins that you're trying to get on this pole. Yeah, yeah. And then, and listen, so then he gets it from Jimmy Hart and gets, he gets that bat, they get that sock down, smacks him over the head and pins him one, two, three. Then he pours out the silver dollars and then puts two silver dollars on his eyes while mm-hmm. he's on the ground, I guess, and... I, I don't know, like, is he a Viking? Is he a lordship or something like that? But, yeah, yeah, it was very, very interesting. And he swung that bag. At first, I thought it was, when I watched it, at first, I thought it was, like, a gimmick bag. Yeah. I mean, it still could have been gimmick, but they didn't look gimmick to yeah. me. Like, so swung that sock. So the silver dollar over the silver dollars over the eyes is actually a really clever touch, um, and I'll explain why. So in Greek, so in Greek mythology... Um, you would use silver dollars or your know, gold coins to pay the ferryman to cross over the river Styx in hell. Um, oh, you better, I guess. so when somebody died, you would put the two coins over their eyes so that they could take them into the in into the afterlife with them to pay that ferryman to get on the boat. So, um, oh, there you go. I uh, being being, I guess, being, I guess, not the uh you know, total dim dimwit that people may seem to think that I am about certain things. Greek, Greek mythology. Okay. Oh, that's, that's, that's what I'll stick to. That's my, we, that's my wheelhouse. Okay. So, <laughs> um, a little bit of Greek mythology to go with your pro wrestling from 1996. We do it all here on the show. Yeah. Um, but, just this match is memorable for the things that it shouldn't be, which is John Tenta's hair, the long ass pole that nobody could climb. The fact that it's Jerry rigged to the fucking ring ring post. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Jimmy Hart has to climb it himself because both guys are over 350 pounds easily. Okay. You know they ain't getting up there. So, um, could have done without this. It was fine. I think the, the next match isn't great. I think if it was a better match, this you would have had more sense putting this here because that first match, whatever was coming up next, couldn't couldn't be touched. It wasn't even going to come close to that level. When we talk about match card and match pacing on here a lot and oh well you know this match gets buried because the match before it was so damn good um i think that um we watched we watched forbidden door and uh, i can't whatever match went on before the women's match um let's see now i've got to look look it up because i feel like a fucking idiot oh it was the it was the six man. It was um, fucking uh, Shingo Sting and Darby versus uh, the Bucks and El and El Phantasmo. Now, granted, was that a really like 
what was that a really schlocky match where we were really just working the crowd a lot and people were eating it up. Yeah, that's great. The crowd was a hundred percent invested in that and they were overwhelmed. I think with that match, the match before was the four way for the, for the all Atlantic title. The match before that was, was FTR. The match before that was the six way that had Moro Suzuki in it. So by the time you're exhausted on that card and you get to the women's match where it doesn't have all of all of the flippy doos and they're neither one of them is as over as Sting, the Bucks, F- FTR, um, Eddie Kingston, like you are exhausted and you get to the women's match and it just falls victim to just the card placement. Um, Trying to really just bridge the gap and just really show the example of, even if this, even if this uh, silver dollar match on a 40 foot pole was even, even remotely fine, there was no way it was going to be as well as well received because of the opener. Um, But it didn't have a chance with a start. Because it was fucking awful. Yep. Give me fucking... Give me Guerrero and Regal any day of the week. I'll be fine with that. <sighs> now that I'm off my uh, soapbox there, I guess. Right. Um, um, commentary goes out of their way to remind us that um, Eric Bischoff is missing. Um... And to and they're essentially begging at this point to uh, to reach out to them if he can. Um, what? So do you think he's like kidnapped and like killed? Like what? Like, I understand what they're trying to do by leaving it open, but they're making it like yeah, that's the thing. They're making it sound like he's hurt. Yes. Which, if that's what you're going for, it's what you're going for. But that's actually not what they're going for. You know. Like, they're trying to say, like, oh, he hasn't been talked to, and we don't know what's going on. Like, you know, but, like, y'all, they're making it sound like he's, like, it's a first 48 situation or something like that. It's it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we go back to Mean Gene, um, and with Sting, Macho Man, and Luger, and they are all in the sting face paint, different colors. Um, Lex Luger might be another just dick with shoulders. Like he's in that boat now. Yeah, I, 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 I can't stand Sting. I hate Sting so much. <laughs> this promo's bad. He's bad. Like it's just. I, I, I uh, hate Sting. I always have, but I th- I thought I was for a long time. I was done with him, and now now it's he's back from the grave to uh, just torment me every chance he gets. Ugh. Um, Sting starts talking about the unknown. Uh, he says it gives him a he it gives him dry mouth, chills, and goosebumps, and he likes it. <laughs> He just sounds like <laughs> someone who's not tough 
trying to be tough. Yeah. You know, do you remember that those YouTube videos from year from like years ago? Like, you want to see tough? I'll show you tough. Like they're doing the guys are doing like the kung fu. That's what he reminds me of, and I just get so tired of seeing this guy. Yeah, staying the toughest guy to never beat anybody up. Like it's the damn worst. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, so this is an interesting one that's up next. Um, it's a taped fist match. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like Russo in '96. But it's not it, Russo. I I can't remember the last show or card I've seen. Which I've seen so much athletic tape in this on this pay per view. <laughs> like, do they just have barrels of it backstage, or like, listen, we gotta use some of this stuff for tax purposes? You know what I'm saying? We gotta get all, get some of this stuff off the books. Yeah. Hey, this is gonna like, be a tax write off. Everybody's got to use it. Okay. Just but, so much athletic tape. Yeah. So even if fun. you even if you go back to the backstage. Um, with uh, with Team WCW and Mean Gene, you had you had you had Macho Man who had it on both wrists, both knuckles, and all of his fingers, and then Lex Luger yeah. has it on both of his wrists. I'm sure Sting has it on both of his wrists. Um, you had John Tenta who had it on? on one wrist, and then oh, don't get me started on Conan. He's got all he does he have gloves on and he has elbow pads but he has two types of tape on his gloves and then two different strands of athletic tape on his elbow pads yeah it, I, i've again i've never seen so much athletic tape uh you know <laughs> um <laughs> which is why probably we had a taped fist match uh diamond yeah. dallas page and hacksaw jim duggan they're taped to the elbow. They, they, they were like punk. You know what I mean? Like with yeah. the tape. Um, so, so essentially, DDP accuses Hacksaw of stealing his battle bull ring. Okay. Um, which, if you don't know the whole story, uh, DDP kind of cheated to win it anyway. So, um, Duggan says he didn't. He didn't steal it. He found it on the floor of a bathroom. Um, not sus whatsoever. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but coming from Diamond Dallas Page, that that's actually possible. Mm, um, that is possible. So he gives it back to him, and then and then he punches him with a taped fist. So this is. Hacksaw's gimmick right now is the taped fist. Um, <laughs> um, it's also for the Lord of the Ring title, um, which goes with the Battle Bowl ring. Um, <laughs> uh, Jeff, will you tell us what the crab cam is? <sighs> Yeah, crap, no. <laughs> crap cam. We still don't know. I, I, I actually don't know what the crab cam is. Actually, oh, that's, so that's the actual bit. Like, well, yeah. all they did, um, in 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 Jack Assian, um, 
ventures. Um, in it was in Jackass. I think it was either two or two point five. Um, Knoxville puts um a snapping turtle on a stick, and then there's a camera on it, and then puts it up to people's arm, and the turtle will, like bite it. So, well, 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 well. B- before that, before that, the crab cam member was the crab, the fake crab glued to the metal uh pincher. Remember, and they would just oh, stick it yeah. on people, like the back of people's arms, and like oh, yeah. you know, like yeah. like the heavy duty metal oh, clamper. Clamp. Uh, oh fuck! Yeah, that. just make sure toes hurt. Thinking about it, <laughs> yeah. So that's essentially the same thing here. It's a toy crab with a camera on it. So that's the crab cam. Oh, crab cam. Yeah. Um, Jeff, go ahead and start. What did you uh, think of this uh, taped fist match for the Lord of the um, Ring title? Um, it's all over the place. Um, yeah, it is. Um, there's tape. There's tape. There's more tape. Um, <laughs> I did like – I did enjoy the uh, – right at, right at the, the end of like well, what I thought was going to be the finish. Where Hacksaw like turns to somebody like like Austin did like beer me but like take me, so he turns and someone just throws him a roll of white tape into the ring, and 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 DDP's like facing the crowd and he's got his hands up like you won and it's perfect because Hacksaw times it up perfect where he's rapping 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 he's rap he's got the tape and he's rapping his one hand. And as he's rapping, he lets go, and he's kind of spins his spins the hand a couple times, and tape flies all the way around. As soon as it tightens up, boom! He puts one right on him. I I, I thought that was that was a good spot. Um, but again, you know, tape everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all over the place. I actually kind of enjoyed the match. I'm not gonna lie to you, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I just love Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So there's that. <laughs> I'm predisposed to liking. Um, I'm using that term loosely. Uh, a lot of his stuff. Um, I think the part that got me was that uh, DDP tapes Hacksaw <laughs> Jim Duggan's legs together, but around the ring post. <laughs> and yeah, just all the uh, tape. Fucking Nick Patrick um, lets him loose. <laughs> like you know, that's just that's just a Nick Patrickism for you. You know, oh, yeah. just uh, a total rule breaker. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was it was fine for what it was. Um, obviously, it's not you climbing a twenty to thirty foot pole trying to get a roll of athletic tape, um, but it might as well have been. Um, this is a brawl. This is honestly, I think at this point in 96 to protect both, both men from being, from being exposed. Um, We weren't going to get anything like the opener, but still trying to, you know, push DDP as his heel, protect Hacksaw because he had, I, I still to this day think that uh, Jim, that Jim Duggan and WCW had some sort of creative control in his in his contract because there was a whole thing with him and um Alex Wright. He wouldn't he wouldn't work Alex Wright. 
Um, yeah, he had he had something. So I think this is a good way to not only protect that, but to protect DDP from getting overexposed because he's you know 30, 35, 36, something, something like that. And so yeah. he's he's not a veteran, but he's still green as hell. Yeah. Um but DDP hits the diamond cutter, wins. Um it it was there. It was it was better than the last match. That's really all I got. It's something you really aren't gonna remember at the end of this show. No. There's a lot of things you're not gonna remember at the end of this show. Um, but after the match, um Hacksaw tapes back up and unloads on DDP just one more time to get his heat back, I guess. Why not? Damn. So we're backstage once again with Mean Gene. And he's with and he's with the giant. He's with he's with everybody's uh favorite Saint Satanist, Kevin Sullivan. He's with everybody's favorite bas- basketball player, Jimmy Hart. Oh, I forgot to go in on that. Um, there was a, and I don't know how he's involved with everything, but there was, because this weekend was Money in the Bank. Well, actually, it was last night. And there was, um, there was like a Be a Star kind of events that WWE was putting on. And there was... I know there was Montez Ford, Titus O'Neil. Um, who else am I forgetting? Um, I gotta look now because it's gonna it's gonna pay off. I promise. Everybody's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, okay. Oh yeah, Drew Drew McIntyre, and then. All the way, like over in the corner, is just Jimmy Hart just sitting there, just holding a basketball. And I'm like, I said to Jeff, I'm like, what sticks out in this picture? And he just sends uh, back a picture of Jimmy long. Hart. And it I'm didn't like, take long at all. Yeah, didn't take long at all. I, and look, everybody has like a white shirt on, and I'm not sure if it was like uh like a be a star shirt or WWE shirt or whatever, or you know, what have you. But everybody's in a white shirt except for fucking Jimmy Hart sitting there in his Jimmy Hart wear. Okay. And holding a basketball, sunglasses indoors. Okay. He looks good though. He he, he looks all right. Like you would think over the years, I mean, he's not a wrestler, but like, yeah, it looks like he's taking care of himself. You know, he doesn't look like the person that used to be Jimmy Hart. Like yeah. he, yeah, he still kind of looks like Jimmy Hart. <laughs> yeah, um, looks like he's been doing some uh, DDP yoga. He's been, uh, he's been bringing it up, arms out to a T, and hulking it out. There we go. Shoulders back, chest out, <laughs> at ease. Um, but they're all back here. It's a, it's a, it's a promo. <sighs> that and. <laughs> I I always laughed at this whenever I saw Kevin Sullivan is he has this like he has like these krillin marks like on his for on his forehead. Yeah. And I and I was like, are those supposed to be your eyebrows? Or because you can see his eyebrows. 
but I didn't know if that was supposed to make him look more more imposing. Well, well, listen, back in the day, Kevin Nat, I mean Kevin Sullivan was that dude, especially with this gimmick when he was like devil worshiper, Caleb Sullivan, and he had woman and all, or she was fallen angel, and like like they got a lot of heat. You're talking about, you know, late oh, early '80s, mid '80s, you know, the '80s, like. They got a lot of heat and people thought he was crazy and like drinking blood and like, you know, it was a good, good gimmick. Now in the nineties here, it's kind of out of touch a little bit, but, um, but man, like in its heyday, it was, it was really good. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's an okay promo from these guys. Um, so I think the big thing to take away is that um is that the giant take takes exception to the four horsemen calling themselves the elite, the the elite. Uh, <laughs> uh Jeff just shaking his head. Uh the giant says that he's the the elite because and I totally forgot about this until I saw him with the title. He's the WCW champion right now. Yeah. Uh, sure. Um but you cut out uh to the ramp where you've got all the sandy beaches and the fucking parrot. Uh and you've got Lee Lee Marshall with Chris Benoit and Arn Anderson looking like everybody's dad, and they both have taped taped wrists. Oh again, you know, <laughs> all the tape, just tape. To the gills, this whole yeah. show. Um, Arn Anderson says he's not worried if they if they chop the giant in half, he's only three six. He's not wrong, smart man. Yep, but that match isn't even next. But what is next is the double dog collar match, and again, Russo is not working for this company right now in nineteen ninety six. So we have the Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags, uh, taking on the public enemy. That would be Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge. Um, I hated this match. Um, me too. Uh. We can just end this quick. This was a garbage match. It was not even a good one. Um, It's just dog collars and tables and two minutes into the thing, everybody's blowing up. Like, both tag teams are blowing up. Yeah. It's it's just the worst. It's the absolute worst. Um, Take what you enjoyed about the last match, which was a brawl in every sense of the word. Um, take everything you liked about that and just take it away. Yeah. Um, so, hey, hey, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So, the likability, I think, of Jim Duggan from the last match because he's in, always going to be incredibly over. Um, and the charisma of DDP and take those out and you have this match, but times two because there's two more people. Yeah, that's it. Um, again, it's all over the place. Um, Knobs has tape around his knee and then a knee pad on top of that. So there's that. 
again, more tape. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just not a fan of this match at all. Any of it. Um, so I do want to point out a couple of things because it's funny. Um, we get a they you know, the match goes outside, we get a split screen, so we see both sets of action. And then and we get Dusty who calls it double trouble bash at the beach bubble. What I mean, I love Dusty. <laughs> Sorry. Um Nobs knocks out Johnny Grunge with an inflatable shark and he sells it. Um and then um Sags hits Rocco Rock with a surfboard and Shivani being Shivani's schmucky old self says you can do a lot more with a surfboard than you can do with a shark. Uh I I mean now, I don't have any I, I don't have any experience with that, but I mean I guess he's right. <laughs> you know? It's it's he's he's not he's, he's not, not telling wrong, a lie, I guess. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Not you would, lie, you would, you would never think in a million years you'd hear that in a wrestling show. Like, hey, use that, use that shark. Oh, but use that surfboard. That's way more. That's that's way better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but this match isn't great. Like Jeff said, they're all blown up about three minutes in. Um, <laughs> nasty boys win. Um, commentary was the best thing about this match. Yeah. Mm. Um, because this is WCW and commentary says that the match settled absolutely nothing. Tune in tonight for tomorrow, and everyone can just continues to go back to fighting. Like, I mean, you mean what? <laughs> they're setting up for they're setting up on a pay per view to get you to watch a. A non-pay-per-view show? Wow, that's weird. Where have we seen that from? Oh, God. We just watched on fucking Forbidden Door. And look, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i not going to sob Marina's show with this, okay? Because you can go and listen to our reactions for Forbidden Door. Um, it's about one to two episodes ago, but um, the ending to Forbidden Door was not good. You were still going to watch Dynamite for Blood and Guts either way. Um, you essentially the, the, just submarine Tanahashi. They're because... literally working backwards. That's the opposite yeah. way you do. You you do work. Like, jeez. No. Hey, watch watch our watch our TV show that's on TV for free, and we're and yeah. we're and we're, we're, we're going to waste pay per view time for you to see. Like, get out of here. And we're going to burn an appearance from fucking. T- Tanahashi to get that over, and he's not even involved. Yep, and and then we're gonna have, um, then we're gonna have Tony in the you know in, in the post scrum media thing, which those guys those guys aren't really media wrestling. Those rest the wrestling media that they had there, <laughs> minus the one guy who asked the hard questions. Um, it's all a joke. They're all marks too. Like, hey, hey, it's Jeff from Wrestling Cult, a Logic Media. Um, cool wrestling place. Yeah. Um, one, uh, huge on Cassidy, huge on Cassidy guy, match of the night. But I have to ask you this. Like, yeah, because that's journalism. Like, get out of here. 
Oh, so glad you said that. I'm tired of people saying that that was the match of the night. Okay, I'm not. And go back and listen to us talk talk about it. Okay, the match was really good. Okay, I'm we're not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that people that are justifying this being match of the night by saying that Shibata came out at the end. That's not a part of the fucking match. Okay, Shibata coming out. After the match, does not include it in the match. If you're grading that match, okay, you're not going to grade it for Shibata come coming out av- after the match. Grade the match. Part of it. What, yeah, grade the match for what it is. Was Shibata mm-hmm. coming out really cool and really un- unexpected? Yes. Okay. The only way that pays off, though, is if we eventually get Shibata and bring in Will Ospreay. That's the only way that pays off. So you better, God, you, you better stop because you're going to get Shibata, Will Ospreay, and Pockets. Uh, I mean, sorry, Orange Cassidy, and all in a, all in a, uh, all, in a uh, all in a, you know, a triple threat, like you know. And it, it's going to be a, it, 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 it's going to be wherever they are. It's going to be a Wisconsin street fight. Like what? People are gonna say that we're just yeah. hammering on Orange Cassidy because we're not orange Orange Cassidy guys. I'm just fed up and tired of people saying that that was match of the night because it was a great match and then Shibata made it so much better. Okay, that's my two cents. Yeah. It was out. It was after the match. You can't say that was a better match because Shibata came out at the end. Oh God, you're 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 you're, forget, you're forgetting like Orange Cassidy can go, man. He can go. And nobody's yeah, di- nobody's disagreeing with that. It's the character. Mm, you know what? <sighs> it's it's the twenty minutes before you actually get to see him wrestle is the problem. Yeah, well, like, Will Osprey is one of the top five guys in the world. Um. But anyway, back sorry. to this. Back to this show after we submarine it. Um. Um. Mean mean jeans in the back. Um, he's standing out the hall from the outsider's dr- dressing room with a bunch of cops. Um, he's saying how historic this night is. Um, that yeah, it, it, there really wasn't much to add to anything in that. But you know what's next? It's the cruiserweight championship match. Okay, it is Disco Inferno challenging the champion. Uh, the man of a thousand holes, that'd be Mr. Dean Malenko. Um, and it could be from the last handful of matches we've seen, but I actually kind of liked this match. Okay, so. <laughs> um, and, this is, to... and this is right after giving Horns Cassie shit we're talking about D- Disco Inferno. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, but but listen, but there's a gimmick. Apples I mean, and oranges, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a difference. Like, yes, they're both gimmicky, but like one of these guys is wrestling right out of the gate. He's not like, um, Malenko's not like he's not ducking clotheslines like while he's dancing, shaking his booty, and like doing all these like you know like that. It's not. He's a disco guy. He wrestles whatever. Like you know what I'm saying. This this is actually like. This Disco Inferno, I actually, not that I like necessarily, but, like, I don't mind. And, like, he kind of could wrestle here, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then he morphs into whatever he morphs into. But, uh, but yeah, Let's this go match with a wasn't this, – this, Oh, well, yeah. 
this match wasn't bad. Like it wasn't awful. Well, one you have um Dean Malenko, so there you go. Yeah. But yeah. I, it was a competent wrestling match. Like like uh Malenko's working the leg, disco selling, like mm-hmm. You know, now if if this was AEW, they would say like, "Oh, Jeff, it's it's such good booking or storytelling." It is, yeah, because Disco Inferno's a uh, dancer and he can't dance if 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 Malenko's working his leg. Like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, great storytelling. I will say, for the first half of this match, Disco Inferno just gets his ass whooped. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Solid. There, there's absolutely no offense. No, Malenko's um, been in his, been in his ass around like a pretzel. Yeah, um, Disco's doing his job though. I mean, he's a, he's technically the heel. He looks here. good though. Oh, yeah. he is. But I'm saying like he's selling. He's 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 putting it over. I mean, he's he's wrestling. It's he's just regular <laughs> wrestling. I've got another Dusty Rhodes uh, quote for you. Um, after you know, Disco's getting his ass kicked for the first part of the match. Um, this uh, Disco hits a stun gun, and then Dusty Rook says, "Sooner or later, you you get tired of getting beat up." I mean, he's right, Daddy. He's right. Uh, um, but yeah, from there, I actually enjoyed obviously the second part of the match as opposed to the first. But put it all together, and it 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 tells a fine story of yeah because the face is more technically sound he's gonna get that early offense in and then i would say it really depends on who you are disco might be a might be a a tweener i hate using that term because you know either you're one or the other but i i really think with him it depends because um, I think his gimmick is very much so like of like a babyface gimmick, but but the way he cuts his promos and the way he acts in his matches, he's a heel. Yeah, I, I, his gimmick is obviously face, but I think him as a person, like you said, you look at him and you listen to him and like you think, oh, like this guy's a douchebag, you know, like, and I think it actually works. So yeah, he's he's in that tweener. You know, but I mean, I, I again, like, I I enjoy it. You know, you can when, when when you're when it's organic like that, you can kind of play like both sides. Because even here, like, again, you, you watch it and like like you just said, depending on where you are in the match, if you don't know who's who or the storyline, you almost you know, Dimalinka could be the face or the heel. You know, and yeah. and 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 vice versa. Because you you click you you click on here and you see him getting you see Disco getting the the snot beat out of him you're like oh he must be the bad guy I mean I he he must be the good guy you know mm-hmm. um to further cement this point um I have the lyrics to Disco Inferno's theme readily oh, available um, he's so cocky he's so cool he's just a disco dancing fool when he steps out on the floor. The girls are screaming, we want more, 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 more. That's the first <laughs> set. And of course, I'm omitting all of the times you hear disco fever. All that. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So the other portion of this is you. <laughs> damn it. You, you ought to see him shaking, shake, 
his booty. Get down tonight and boogie, oogie, oogie. All across the country, disco sweeps the nation. He's the disco king. He gets a standing ovation. And then there's more disco fever. There you go. Tell me that's not a baby face thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what, like, what do you need? Oh my gosh. Um, we've we've said this a bunch of times. I was a big disco inferno mark when I was a kid. I I was sick. He's good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, now we all know that he's just a piece of shit, but you know, it's what? because half seventy five percent of the rest of people in wrestling are, but you know, mm-hmm. hey, it is what it is. <sighs> Uh, um, there is one point Shivani fucks up a call though. Um, Disco hits a neck breaker and Tony Shivani causes a jawbreaker, and I'm like, you idiot! It's not <laughs> what that is. I'm not even close. Um, but a nice back and forth at the end. Um, a couple of a couple of near opportunities to you know get the final blow um but as dean malika always does he hits the power bomb followed by a texas cloverleaf disco taps dean malika retains um i just think that dean malika was such an underrated guy in wcw um i mean and even when he when him and the rest of the radicals jumped to wwf it was really crazy that he got stuck with this gimmick of like he was stalking Lita and wanted like to be with Lita and like you give somebody like Dean Malenko that gimmick and he's dead in the water yeah well it's not knowing it's not knowing your talent or like don't be wrong like people there's nothing wrong with stepping out to you know just going out in the limb and trying something outside your box. But, like, there's no way – like, that's just not who Dean Malenko is. Let him wrestle mm-hmm. and stop – like, don't turn him into some weirdo. Like, I don't I don't know, you know? Yeah, but I I do think that Dean Malenko did a great job here working his character. Um, did, I'm kind of upset it took half the match for Disco to get some offense in. And I think if the second part of the match, some of that got integrated into the first part of the match, it, it would have been even better. But but commentary did a great job putting that all over. Um, but, but he fought to earn his portion of respect. So I thought it, I thought it was good. It's probably the second or third best match on the card, honestly. Um, yeah, I agree. What's not the second or third best match on the card um, is our next matchup. It would be uh, Desperado Joe Gomez taking on Steve Mongo McMichael. Your boy. Um, I, I, oh yeah, more, more, more tape. <laughs> so all right here's the story to this okay um we, we have we have desperado joe gomez out for a little bit of revenge um so 
We just had Mongo turn heel. He's now a member of the Horsemen, which for fucking what reason would Steve Mongo McMichael be a member of the four fucking Horsemen? <sighs> Sorry. It, that, that just annoys me to no end because he can't work at all. But um, the Horsemen jump, Gomez and everybody's favorite Ultimate Warrior knockoff, the Renegade, um, back backstage. Um, Mongo hits him with a briefcase and challenges him to a match. I don't really know if this match would have been better with the Renegade as opposed to Joe Gomez. I really don't. Um, I'm going to go Joe Gomez because he actually had some moves, some actual wrestling moves. Yeah. Um, now, now, the wild thing is, is you watch this match and you think, like, if you don't know anything, you think Joe Gomez can't wrestle. When when actually, <laughs> it's not. It's actually Mongo. And there were so many, so many, like, wild knees from Mongo and, like, there's a busted lip situation that, that gets going. It's just a lot to handle because one of these guys um, can work and the other one's Mongo McMichael. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what to say about this. This is a match that we're trying to put uh, we're trying to put Mongo over. And this match goes almost seven minutes on a pay-per-view. And um, the first time I watched this match, I literally got up and I went and took a crap. Um, and I and I forgot the match was going. I came back and the match was over. I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to watch this match. So I had to go back and rewatch it. And I'm like, I need to go take another crap, please. Because I don't want to watch this. <laughs> Everybody letting you know what time uh, it is during this match. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's bad. Um, but like, I mean, it's, I, it's 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 Mongo, so you know. Yeah, and here and here's the thing. Mongo had a ton of charisma, and he could cut a promo, and couldn't wrestle for dog shit. Okay. Yeah. Which which is really upsetting because, you know. I feel really bad because, you know, Mongo is in the health condition that he's in now. Um, you know, and I, and every time there's an update and there's a picture shared and it's Mongo and he looks worse than the time before, I feel awful. And then we're talking about him wrestling in 96 and it's like, it's just fucking no, awful. But no, the but thing I mean... is, and this is what I like about Mongo matches is that I know what I'm getting into. Okay, I know it's not going to be good. It doesn't matter who's in there with him. There's going to be something. Okay, I swear to you, the worst Mongo match I've ever seen, it was him and Brian Adams. Okay, and it was from like Road Wild, like 98. And it was just Bot City. But this is also oh. the Road Wild where it was the ring, but the ring had steps going to a platform that was already there. Uh, yeah. And this was the um this is a public enemy match where they went through like four or five ta- tables. They stacked them on top of each other. <sighs> that was like the second or third show I ever reviewed and it still haunts me in my dreams. That's the one with Jay Leno. Oh my gosh. <sighs> that's 
That's that's the Jay Leno main event. Yeah. I hate that show. It's terrible. Anyway, um, this match goes seven minutes. Avoid it at all costs. Mongo, you're in our thoughts. Ready to move on? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Oh, back to the locker room. Back to Mean Gene. There's a lot of this in this show. Um, I don't know really what the reason was for... And I guess this was just the WCW mold at the time for their pay-per-views. But it's like, have a match, Mean Gene. Have a match, Mean Gene. And it just back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, you don't need it all the time. But this was the mold. This is what they were doing. Um, yeah. WCW. I mean, uh, well, listen. To be fair, that was a wrestling thing, too. Um, uh, also, in these times and even now, even with your competition, you'll tend to borrow and new stuff that they do. And it, it may even be bad, but they're doing it. So, you know, that's what we need to do to, to some extent. Um, I knew this was going to be a terrible promo because um, Ric Flair puts Mongo over. Yeah. Um, I think that's what you can take, take away from this uh, because that's what's up next. Uh, Conan defends his United States Championship against Ric Flair. Woo. Um, go ahead and start because I'm I'm so on the fence about this one. Well, no, you you go because I because I, I I don't want to sway you. One no, way no, it's not. It's I can't get a real vibe for this one because. It, I, ne- I I forgot this match happened when mm-hmm. I when I was watching this show. I forgot that this was actually a thing between Conan and Flair. Uh, and then and then you say it out loud and you're like, Conan the champion, Ric Flair the challenger. Yep. Okay. Um I think the thing that I can take away from this um, is woman with the uh, field goal of the century um, just kicked Conan straight in the dick and it was ever. the biggest pop of the night and you just have Dusty saying she kicked him low. <laughs> um, this has you have a, a heel, a woman's heel situation. Yeah, you know, oh, no. a woman's shoe heel situation with a Ric Flair toes on the not the middle rope on the damn top rope situation. So. For for me, I think this is a fine match. I think it went a few minutes too long for my taste because of what was going on in the match. Um, Flair doing his Flair shtick. I mean, that's to be expected. Um, for me, there was too much outside stuff 
for me to yeah. fully get invested in this match the way that I really wanted to. Because Conan and 96 can work. There's no there's no doubt. Oh, about yeah. That. Yeah. Okay, Max Moon can work. Okay, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh Co- look, Conan can work. Rick Flair is one of the best of all time. It was just too much interference for me. Um, the dick kick was probably the best thing about this match. It got the loudest pop of the night. So so far. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it was just fine for me. I really couldn't get fully invested in this. Um, what say you there, Jeffrey? Uh, I agree with you. Um, but I, I I actually thought it was a better match than I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone someone says like Ric Flair and Conan, you're gonna be like, what? You know, like what? But no, they it it wasn't it wasn't a terrible match. Uh. Again, better what I thought. I mean, not, not not a barn burner by any means, and a lot of outside stuff going on. But yeah, uh, again, it, once I saw, you know, what was going on in the card, and well, I mean, I knew the card, but I forgot about this match. But once I seen him, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I I, I remember. It, it it was it was better than your expect expectations thought, right? Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. And it wasn't that I expected to come into this and it was going to be a crappy match. But what I can say is I came in and had it not been for all the outside shenanigans, it would have probably been the second best match on this card. Um, The work rate was fine. Everything in between all of the interference and the dick kicks and all that was good. It was just that to get a consistent flow for me and to get to that investment point for me, there there was just too much. And um, Flair does win. Um, to uh, Jeff's point about a woman's heel there. Um Woman gets a shoe and hits Conan with the heel. Um, this is after Flair hits a backbreaker. Um, Flair covers, and just because he can, he puts his feet on the rope just because um, he's the heel. He wins. Yeah. You're damn right he should have. Um, Dirty in the game. Yeah. Um, I kind of actually... In... I liked seeing the clash of styles, but I think there were times during this match where it worked against them. And that's probably why there was a lot of the interference. Um, yeah, but that makes sense. it was, it was still fine. It was still better than a lot of the other matches we've seen on this card. So, yeah. Yeah, again, um, like I said, if someone said, like, hey, Conan's going to wrestle Ric Flair, you'd be like, what? Like, ugh. And it wasn't it wasn't awful. Yeah. To, to back, to, back to some third man drama, though. Um, me and Gene outside the door of the Outsiders uh, trying his best. Um, here's a... He, 
he says, there's a voice that sounds familiar, but it's muffled. Um, he says it's so muffled, but it's someone we have heard and seen before. Hmm. Um, and then Bobby Heenan wants Mean Gene to offer money to the cops to see if they'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm on it. I'm Yo, on board with it. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, and still haven't heard anything from Eric, from Eric Bischoff. So, uh, but we move on. It is Chris Benoit and Arn Anderson taking on Kevin Sullivan and the WCW World Heavyweight Champion, the Giant. Uh, yeah, the stipulation though here is that if um, is that if the Horsemen team win, a member of the Four Horsemen gets a title match on Nitro against the Giant. Um, but we did learn earlier during Ric Flair's promo interview segment that if they win, it's probably going to be him, which whatever. I mean, I'll spoil it for you. Um, the bat, the, the baddies win. Yeah, they do. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a Kevin Sullivan guy. I'm barely a. I'm barely a Big Show guy. You know, like it. it I mean, he's a big guy. That there's nothing. Yeah, I, I don't mind Sullivan. He has to be done in the right way. You know, he has, yeah. he has to be used correctly. Um, I've never been a Big Show guy. I mean, a lot of his. I mean, his stuff could be passable, but. He's just a big guy. I mean, it is what it is. But, um, so all of these guys can typically sell. Um, Kevin Sullivan does not. Well, this. This is Kevin Sullivan, and this is Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit and Woman and Nancy and all of their, uh, not glory, but all of their whatever they have going on, you know. Um, but it's also weird because I I, I watched this I watched this match twice um, and kind of went went through it like you know with a fine tooth comb, and you see the nose selling. But I'd argue, like you, you look at Benoit, and there's like points, like the, like there's a spot, there's spots where he could have killed, not not, I mean, not killed him, but I mean, like there were spots where a couple of times where he kicks him and does this and does that, where like he really could have like laid it in and he didn't, but then there's a couple of points or spots in the match where he does. So it was. It's kind of. It's just kind of weird. Like toward the end there, because then they they take off, and he carries him all the way to the set. You know, then like mm-hmm. knocks his head on something, and I'm like, okay, like, but it wasn't terrible. And then the business that they were doing up there wasn't awful, but you could still see the. I'm gonna be honest. To me, God, it looked like they were actually being professional. 
<laughs> you know, like to, to yeah. it, it was more of that. It was more of that than it was the other. Now there were some stiff shots here and there, but like I said, I mean, they could have just laid it in the whole damn time and people would have been no, no worse for the wiser, to be honest with you, but they didn't. So I, I, I was surprised again, like they didn't spots here and there, but it wasn't super egregious or, you know, so it was interesting. Almost, you know, respect for the business, respect for pro wrestling, kind of. I mean, I, that's what I took it as, maybe. Yeah. I think the thing to take away from this is that um, the Giant and Kevin Sullivan not only win, but the Giant and Jimmy Hart get the hell out of Dodge right after the match. And this is as Chris Benoit is still beating the shit out of Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> Uh, okay so so yes but but that's what i'm saying so there yeah after the match he's beating the shit out of him but like go back and watch kyle like look at the look at the kicks and stuff mm-hmm. they're not bad they're working kicks like you yeah. know like so it's like but 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 then as he's doing that you look at his face and he's pissed off in the face like in the face it, it looks real like he's pissed yeah. in his face like you mfr and blah blah blah, blah but the work's not there. You know, the work's not like super snug, super stiff. So you're like, Damn, what's going on here? You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we know what's going on, but you know. Yeah. And we don't know what the fans know at this time, because what we know now is that Kevin Sullivan and, you know, Nancy are married at this point. So mm-hmm. when, she runs out and is telling Ben Benoit to stop because he's going to hurt him. You know, yeah. you know, it's very boring. Is that shoot? Is, is, is is that work? Like, I think it's a little bit of everything. It's a very weird blurring of lines because yeah, like you said, the kicks don't look terrible. Nothing that Benoit is doing uh, looks like it's unsafe. But at the same time, like you're gonna work that storyline in. Because at first I was like, oh, I was like, man, he's gonna fucking kick the shit out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's yep. gonna be, he's gonna fucking put the boots to him right, right, right now. And he yep. didn't. Surprising. No, yeah, I mean, I would have. That's just me. <laughs> That's just me. I would have put the boots to him. But you know, hey, well, I'm a professional wrestler. Yeah. Um, but let's get to the reason why everybody remembers this show. Um, so we get um, we get you know the you know promotional videos, whatever. Um, get to Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer does his thing. Um, so right now it's Lex Luger. Macho Man and Sting taking on the Outsiders. That'd be Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and the mystery partner, the third man um, who doesn't come out with them. Um, So they're like, ah, we'll just start the match anyway. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um. Paul says the third man's here. Nash confirms it. Um, we have enough to handle you guys. So, um, which. Well, he does because Sting's a schmuck. 
He's staying so bad in this damn match, but go ahead. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Um so this is really it's a really weird match. If you if you can call it that, you can call it a setup because um Luger's kind of taken out very early. He's on the floor, he's unconscious. Um they get him out of there on a stretcher, but like no action is happening. Like, like there's like, you know, Sting's checking on him, then and you know, Savage is checking on him, but like everything just kind of kind of stops. Um I was like, okay, is this real? Is this not real? What's going on? Are we taking out the weak link because it's Luger? Like, what like did we not think about this? Like Um, but you know what? This match after that and before, um, you know, before everything starts to unfold and I guess I'll stop there, um, because this match does end up being ruled no contest for obvious reasons. Um, so we'll start with the match itself because I think there's, kind of what we were talking about earlier as far as the Orange Cassidy match from Forbidden Door is that people lump the match and the post-match into one, like, overall review or viewing, what have you. So, from Luger getting stretched out um, to right before everything starts to unravel is, is a pretty decent tag. I mean, it wasn't anything that's going to blow the doors off the building, but I think it was. No, I mean, it's a WCW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yep. that it was competently worked. I think that Hall and Nash for their first WCW match. I think they played the part well. I think you know they're the heels, they're the baddies. They're going to come yep. in. They're going to pull. You know, they're going to pull the wool over your eyes, and you know they're going to take their cheap shots and distract the ref and all that. Um, so Sting gets his ass kicked the entire match, which to your, which, you know, for you, that's, that's fantastic. They should. Um, Sting gets Savage for the hot tag. Savage clears house and then Nash hits a low blow. Um, so everyone's just kind of down and out. Um, and then Hulk Hogan starts walking out. And he's marching on to the ring. And then he uh go ahead. And I mean this again, everybody can watch this. He looks nervous as shit. Yeah. Like he's nervous. He's really fucking nervous. Like, you know, like I guess, you know. Watching it in real time, I didn't pick up on that. And um, obviously, everybody, we've heard the story from him and this, that, and other. Everybody knows how, how knows what's happened, blah, 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 and how he felt about it. Well, how he does, you know, who knows? It's Hogan. He's a professional liar, but, you know. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, he, when he, when he starts to get close to the ring, um, his face, because, I mean, to be fair to him, I mean, that's, it's uncharted territory. I mean, he may be the big. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, uh, he, he may be the biggest face of all time, you know. And, but yeah, so he's super nervous as he gets in this ring. Yeah, and this isn't Dave Dragon Hulk Hogan yet. Okay, this is, um, this is white meat babyface Hulk Hogan walking <laughs> down, and this is kind of what I was getting at earlier. Is that Bobby Heenan? as he's coming out and it's very infamous now because you know in in the noise of just kind of um some fans kind of cheering on a little bit you hear Bobby Heenan and that Heenan voice like who well whose side is he on and everyone in commentary just gives him shit for it like what are you talking about yeah well yeah. whose side is he on you know and yeah. The leg drop heard around the world. Well, one, oh, well, one cause back up. He gets in the ring and they pan out and the roof blows off this place. And yeah, people because are, the people Paul and Nash are, bail. Yeah, they bail and, and 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 the people are standing up and cheering and they're throwing the babies in the air and it's it's. I mean, you know, but what's what's uh. What's Dusty say? Business about to pick up boys, you know what I'm saying? You know, you don't think you're too bad now. Huh? Hogan's coming. And he gets in the ring and the roof blows off this place. And boy, does it turn. Boy. I'll never forget. I have this time. This is burned in my brain. It's also burned in my brain, too, because my dad, a lifelong Hulk Hogan hater. I mean, just a card-carrying member. You know the oh, the He Man's Woman Hater Club. You know, like just an absolute, just staunch Hulk Hogan hater for all the right reasons. To be fair to him, and boy, my when he G drops his leg drop, and my dad just turned coat so fast. I had never seen nothing like it. I mean, my dad just, I mean, he, my dad jumped up and said, "Holy shit!" and just couldn't believe it. I remember my mom sitting there like, and again, like my mom's on a mark like my dad, but you know, when you got kids that are marks and my dad's a mark, I mean, she, again, she's seen more wrestling than most, you know, than wrestling fans in air quotes, you know? Mm-hmm. And my mom watched and she was like, Ooh, like what's going on? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like even my mom knows like Hulk Hogan, you know, you know what I'm saying? Ooh. Like, what's he doing? Like, what's going on? You know, like, it was crazy. It was absolutely, you know, 1130, you know, at my house, you know, watching this pay-per-view on a black box on a floor model television because that's how it was in 96. Um, I mean, it's just, it's wrestling history. I mean, I, I just, yeah. I can't explain it to you any, I just can't explain it to you any more than that. Um, it's insane. It's a paradigm shift of, of. A, a, a lot of things, good and bad, but just in general. I mean, Hulk Hogan goes from being the biggest baby face of all time, you know, not named, uh, uh, you know, uh, God, blood, now, now I'm drawing a blank from WWF. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to you in a second. Not named him to the biggest heel of uh, Bruno, you know, not named Bruno San Martino mm, to, yeah. to the biggest heel of all time. Mm-hmm. Not of all time, but just it's just crazy. Trash is in the ring. They're throwing cups. They're throwing everything. Listen, if you got trash and everything thrown into the ring, that's good business. People can say, "Oh, that's also go 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 away heat." No, I I, I disagree. If you got people throwing trash into the ring, 
you're doing it right. And man, this was couldn't believe it. I can only imagine the dirt sheets the next day. I mean, I just could you imagine if the internet was well, if the internet was around back then, this wouldn't happen because yeah. they just spoiled it. Because Sean Ross app would have, I can confirm, um, you know, Hulk Hogan was in a in a Dairy Queen on Third Street, and you know he's showing up. So that wouldn't work now. But I mean, you know, if on the other way, if that if that was to happen, you know, now uh, post, oh man, it'd be crazy. Yeah, it'd be it'd be on fire. Um, going back, no, 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 no totally fine because i i I agree um i think this was what rejuvenated wcw and this is kind of the lead-in and the build for us to get to the to eventually to get to the last 83 weeks and all that all, all that all that gibberish um but go back and watch the crowd when he hits the first leg drop and just 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 you know, he's just sauntering in the ring and then kind of gives the ref a little shove. And then, you know, like you can see the crowd is like, yeah. And then he is at first leg drop, but it's just like stunned crowd. Like nobody yeah, can believe yeah. it. K is like alive that, and well. There's like four people that pop. The ECW, there's a guy in the ECW shirt in the front row. His head explodes. He's jumping up yes. for joy. I'm like, yes. oh, you Mark. I love it. Yeah. Like, I love it. <laughs> when they pan out, there's a guy like, there's a guy like, you know, like non camera side too that's going ape shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He just, he's loving every bit of it. But there's only about four people in there. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's red hot for Hogan. And then he does that. And then he gets up really quick to kind of like assess the situation. Like he hits that leg drop. And I swear to God, I've never seen Hulk Hogan move this fast in my life. He hit that leg drop and he spun up and got on his feet so quick to like, it's like, it's like, he just kind of looks up for like a brief second at everything. And then back at Savage and then back up, and then he's like double thumbs up, and then he gets stabbed with two more leg drops. Ugh. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't. He, he no. Doesn't. Yeah, he has no idea what to do. Because, I mean, again, I mean, like, he's been healed, like, a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, pre, 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 you know, Hulk Hogan. But, man, you know, now, now I mean, he's got, Hogan's got charisma. He never could wrestle, but he's got charisma, obviously. Good and, you know, heel and face, so it, it worked out for him, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just all charisma because he didn't know what the hell to do. You know, there's no, okay. So you go out, leg drop, get your heat. Yeah. But what does that entail? And then, you know, he, like he grabs Randy Anderson by the scruff of his collar and chucks him out the fucking ring. I was like, Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He took care of him though. He took care oh, of him. Oh, oh, oh he, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't he like, gotta, he really could have chucked his ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the post-match promo. There's trash in the ring and it's, and obviously Hulk Hogan's infamous line. This is the new ward order of professional wrestling brother. And, you you know, he's saying they came from that company up North who knows them better than Hogan, uh, billionaire Ted promised him movies, money, world caliber matches and he's bored <laughs> we're the new blood and we'll rule the wrestling business and i it's it, he's not wrong he wasn't wrong 
There was yeah. a point in time over the next two years, I want to say, that from this point, it was everything was NWO. Yeah, and, and Mean Jeans letting them have it because Mean Jeans is guy, you know? Mean Jeans is guy, so Mean Jeans kind of grilling them a little bit. Mean Jeans in there while they're throwing shit. Go back and watch when Mean Jeans done with the interview, he kind of mm-hmm. walks out. Like right before he gets to the rope, he goes, fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> now, I, I probably, now, 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 that's not because of Hogan, you know what I'm saying? But it's probably because they're throwing all that shit in there and he's an old ass man in there and he's been in there the whole time and hasn't been throwing shit. <laughs> so he gets right to the rope. Watch it, Kyle. He gets right to the fucking rope and he's like, fuck. You know, like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely wild. Uh, but this is one of the most infamous uh, moments in professional wrestling history. Um, yeah. There could be a whole episode on that, but um, so we'll look at Bass the Beach '96 overall because this is one of the best moments in in, in professional wrestling history. So leave that off to the side. Um, the rest of this card, start to finish, what did you think? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's it wasn't great at all. Like it's okay, you know, but again, this. This, I know we're leaving it aside, but this wrestling moment is is everything. Yeah. Who cares about the card? Most people don't even remember the game card because you don't need to. You just need to remember this this what what goes on here. Yeah, this is this is a card with matches that um, were overbooked, underworked. Um, once again, the cruiserweights stole stole the show. Mm-hmm. Um. Mysterio Psychosis was good. Malenko and Disco was okay. Even Flair and Conan was okay to a point. Um, But everything else was just overbooked, underworked. Um, Underwhelming. But once you start off with Mysterio Psychosis, you know, and you get off of that and then you start going through the match, it's like, well, I I just want the main event to get here so I find out who the third man is. And then you find out and it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Everything else didn't matter. Yeah, it's it's well worth the wait. Yeah. Um but that was Bash the Beach ninety-six. Uh boy, uh there was no Dave Dragon uh high noon at Mega Mountain here. Okay, so there was not. Uh, but I could tell you there was at the show we're gonna talk about next week, Bash the Beach two thousand. Uh this is in continuation with our WCW in the 2000s series with our very good friend Travis Lasseter. Um, over from Wrestling Ruin and now NXT Evolution, um, their their new podcast that him and our other great friend Eddie Shepard um, have recently started. They're two episodes in, so please go give that a look. Um, as always... Um, we always start with the opener and well, sharing the opener and the end match. Um, I won't share the last match because there's a lot to dig into with that. Um, I will say though, I'll give you this in exchange on this card is a wedding gown match and a graveyard match. Uh, I'm pulling a pole. Gimmick on a gimmick. 
Um, but the opener is uh, Lieutenant Loco, also known as Chavo Guerrero. <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't have oh, a grenade this time. Um, but he's defending his Cruiserweight Championship against good old Juventud Guerrero. So should be a oh, good okay, opener. There we go. Should be a good there opener. Go. Should be a fun time with with Travis on board. Um, but you already know what to do. You go check us out at the socials. It's WPPod1. That's Facebook and Twitter, but more predominantly Twitter. Um, we do not have a new promotion up on the Teespring page. Um, I'm going to get to that today. So go check us out on Twitter. Keep an eye out for that new promo code for the month of July. I definitely will have that up today. Maybe I'll make it a little bit more loop. I'll make it a little bit more lucrative. Uh, to get some uh, merch move moving here. Um, but Jeff, where can they find you on the socials? Um, on Twitter at Jeff M Hall one. Jeff M Hall two was taken. Uh, well, that does it for this week. Um, don't forget to support local wrestling. Uh, share us with your friends. We only go as far as, um, you know, we promote ourselves and you guys share our stuff. So we definitely appreciate everything you guys do for all the listens, uh, for all the shares. So just know that we definitely appreciate it. And tell your friends to support local local, local wrestling too. Jeff and I are going to two shows this month um, in, our, in our local Virginia area. So um, we'll have episodes on that when the time comes. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed Against All Odds on Friday, Money in the Bank last night, uh, Bash or Great American Bash for NXT 2.0 is on Tuesday. So check that out. Um, I'll try and get something out for that before then. But in the meantime, stay, stay safe. Um, happy fourth. Enjoy your day off if you're a bank employee like myself. Um, and if you're not, you have the day off, go ahead and enjoy it either way. Uh, <laughs> but until then we will see you next next time <laughs>